My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I pray wherever you are that you feel the presence of God, the power of His Spirit working in your life, the presence of the Lord, the power of God. May it rest upon you tonight that the will of the Lord be done. What a blessing it is to be called into the kingdom for such a time as this. I believe the Lord has given me a word tonight to speak, to encourage, to strengthen, and to challenge. If I could turn your attention to John chapter 5 and verse 1, we read that after this there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. I want you to pay attention to what the Bible says that there was at a certain season, there was an angel that got involved, that touched this water, the Bible says it troubled the water. It was a signal to those people who were in need that now, at that moment of the troubling, that there was a God who was available, that there was a God who was ready, that whoever would get in first would receive their miracle. For a few minutes, I'd like to preach to you, expecting heaven to show up. I believe with all of my heart according to the very word of God, that when you look at the world scene and you look at what we're dealing with, we should be as the church expecting God to show up, expecting heaven to appear, expecting God to do the miraculous. I understand we're dealing with quite a bit, and I understand that many people are troubled, but I believe this is the greatest hour that God has given to the church. I believe we're going to see the greatest revival that we have ever seen in this hour. I believe it's up to you and I to get our eyes fixed upon on Jesus. The Bible tells us that God gave Noah a monumental task. According to Peter, 2 Peter 2 and 5, Peter tells us that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, preaching for over a century, but his message only reaching his family. Why is it that the people he preached to or his life example that righteousness, why is it that none 
heard or received that message. The Bible says, according to Genesis 6 and 5, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart of man was on evil continually. Noah preached. Noah declared it. No one was interested in what Noah had to say. The warnings were ignored. The compelling words that Noah preached, that Noah declared, were ignored. Everything he declared to that generation, they turned their ears off to it. He tried to change their hearts and tell them that it was time to change their ways, but the people discarded what he had to say. Jesus makes this declaration in Matthew 24 and 38. He told the people, he said, For as in the days of Noah that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew it not until the flood came. No matter how much Noah declared it, they didn't understand until the flood came. That flood came and tragically, as Jesus said, it took them all away and Jesus warns us church uh, remember what he declared Uh, he said so shall also the coming of the son of man be that the word would be declared uh, that righteousness will be on display but because of the hearts of the people they will refuse to hear what the man of God has to say Jesus tells us that nothing changed for the people before the flood came they married They ate, they drank, they could go out to restaurants, they can go to the ball games, they could go to school, they could do all that they wanted to do. It was life as usual. Everything remained the same for those people. But Jesus said that day came upon them unawares. When the flood came, it was too late for them. For that generation, there was no sign for them in the natural, telling them to wake up, telling them to get on board uh, telling them to get their lives ready the only thing those people had uh, was a preacher of righteousness uh, declaring not his word uh, but the word of the lord that's what we need in this hour it is the word of the lord those that heard noah they heard the word uh, but because they couldn't see what was coming they didn't understand Uh, they refused to heed it until the flood came when the flood came uh, god not noah the bible says uh, that god shut that door make no mistake about it that when that time comes for us in this hour when god shuts the door that is the end of it right there we cannot wait to that moment we need to get on board right now we need to get our lives ready right now the decision is yours make that decision today to turn your life over to God prior to this point for the people that Noah preached to there was an open door but when God decides to close the door he closes the door it's time to make a decision it's time to make a choice I want to get into the boat I want to be part of the church I want to be right with God I want to hear what the man of God has 
to say and I want to obey the word of the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 40 it's up to you and I to be the one that is taken it is my heart's desire to be the one that is taken Jesus said there shall be two in the field and one shall be taken and the other left two women shall be grinding at the mill and one shall be taken and the other left this western culture doesn't want to hear about that kind of message but listen it's still true and the only difference between the two was that one was watching two would be together but only one would be taken this culture that we're in today even the church they're so attached to the things of this world so attached to their material possessions so attached to the pleasures of this life they don't want to hear a message that says Jesus is coming soon they don't want to hear a message of repentance they don't want to hear a message of change your ways according to the word of God they want to hold to those things but if you'll hear this word tonight if you'll hear the word tonight God will do a miracle in your life we may not want to hear that Jesus is coming soon but I believe the first Pentecostal church and I believe those who are hungry for God they want to hear that fact they want to hear that truth Jesus is coming soon be the one that is taken the difference between the two Jesus said watch ye therefore one is watching he said for you know not what hour your lord doth come we may not know the hour we don't know the day but we see it every day we know that heaven is going to show up and i say if heaven shows up heaven shows up heaven show up or take me up that is my desire and I say, be ready, Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 44. He said, therefore, be ye also ready for in an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. You might say that preacher sounds like one of those end time preachers. I don't want to be an end time preacher. I don't want to be labeled as some end time prophet. I'm not any of those things. I just want to be a preacher like Paul said to Romans, to the church at Rome in Romans 13 and 11. He said, knowing the time, it's high time now to awake out of sleep. Our salvation is nearer than when we believed. I don't want to be an end time preacher. I just want to be a preacher that wakes people up. I just want to be a preacher that shakes people up. I want to be a preacher that declares the word and says, now's the time. Why? Because I know the time in which we live. I'm expecting heaven to show up. I'm expecting heaven to show up right here, right now. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we read of Elisha's servant. The Bible said that the king of Syria, when he came against Israel, he drew up his battle plans and he kept those top secret plans close to his vest. And the Bible says, it shows us that God revealed those plans to Elisha. God, listen, if he spoke in that day to the man of God, he's speaking to the men ministry in this hour no matter what plan the enemy comes up with our God is speaking into the ears of those in leadership and in authority in our lives that we would declare the word of the Lord we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices God is speaking to us in this hour the Bible says 
That he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. Your life has been put on hold for the last two weeks for most people. Have you heard what the Spirit is trying to say to you? Elisha communicated that information to the king of Israel who warned the people that were in that area. That Syrian king wondered, how did the Israelites know my plans? But one of the servants of the king said, he said, Elisha, the prophet that's in Israel, he telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speaketh. And not just the words that you speak, but he said, it's the words you speak in your bedchamber. No matter where you go thinking God cannot hear this man not someone in the camp of Israel not someone who was one of God fearing people he was one of the in the enemy camp and he says I know what happened God told that man of God that prophet your very words and God gave them authority and victory When the enemy thinks he's got the upper hand, remember our God is in control. When the king of Syria heard it was Elisha, he sent to Dothan where he was. Not just a few people, but the Bible says he sent an entire army to surround Dothan, planning to capture Elisha. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and went forth, behold, he saw a host come past the city, both with horses and with chariots. When that servant of Elisha got out that place and looked round about, he saw an entire host that came to get Elisha. There was no way to make it out. What the servant saw was real. It was troubling. And you can imagine being overcome with fear. And he gets back to the man of God. And he says, Master, how shall we do and that ought to be the heartbeat of the church right now that should be the heartbeat of the church Lord what shall we do give us that direction speak Lord we'll listen speak Lord we want to hear what you've got to say what Elisha's servant saw in the natural it filled him with fear he goes to the man of God though for direction he says what are we going to do and when you listen to the man of God he will give you direction don't refuse that direction but receive the direction from the man of God too many today have their ears closed too many today don't want to hear it but when he when he had a decision to be made he said let me get to the man of God and Elisha said fear not why because he said there be more for us than they that be with them we have no indication that Elisha moved away from where he was to take a look we have no indication that Elisha said give me that head count and let me know how many are part of that host we don't see any of that but we see a man of God who trusted in the Lord so much that he says I already know that those that are for us are more than they that be with them you may seem all alone tonight you may be struggling with your own fear and being overwhelmed with how you're going to deal with all that life has threw at you in this moment but remember God is for you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world Elisha said the answer this man needs he needs to open his eyes 
but he's not able to do it. He said, Lord, I pray thee that you open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. His prayer was simple. Give him the same vision that I have. Give him the same understanding that I have, Lord. Elisha's servant, listen, what he saw in the natural drew him to the man of God who simply prayed that God would give him the ability to see exactly what he saw. It wasn't a lesser ability than the prophet. The prophet prayed, God, give him what I see. Give him the exact vision that I have. Let's get on the same page. It's not a lesser vision. It's the same vision. I believe his servant from that day forward was never the same. Never the same. Why? Because his eyes were opened. He now looking at impossible situations can say, I am expecting heaven to show up. I'm expecting God to show up and give us the victory. Jacob, another man on the run in Genesis chapter 28. He's running from his past, trying to get away from all the trouble that he has caused on the way to his uncle Laban's. Jacob, Jacob finds himself separated, alone, isolated in a desolate wilderness called Luz. He finds some stones that are appropriate for a pillow, and he goes to sleep. He goes to sleep, and the Bible says he dreams about a ladder from earth to heaven with angels ascending and descending on it. Above the ladder is God who gives Jacob some great promises if you want some homework, read Genesis 28, 13 through 15. God gives him some great promises. But what happens for Jacob, it's an understanding of what he did not see before. What he did not see when he, when he awakened out of his sleep, he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. I was on the run. I was trying to get away from my trouble, and I had no idea what was going on in the supernatural. There are many people that are trying to run from God. They're trying to run away from the trouble in this life. Uh, listen, it's time to stop running and it's time to understand that the Lord is trying to wake you up. Uh, the Lord is trying to awaken you to what he's doing in this hour. Don't miss out on this moment. This is your moment. Uh, Jacob got an inside look. Uh, his eyes were opened uh, at the supernatural operation of God. Uh, God let Jacob see something that he had no clue was available. And my prayer for each and every one of you is that you will see what is available to you that only God can do. Jacob was seeking birthrights. He was seeking blessings, but God lifted the veil from his eyes to let him see into another world. Jacob, he was trying to tell him, I'm the one you should be seeking. I believe for many of you that are watching, your homes are going to become a place for the presence of God. Your home is going to become a place of divine activity where it used to be turmoil and trouble and strife. It's going to become a place where God 
can operate. You can receive the Holy Ghost where you are even tonight. If you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can repent of your sins and lift your hands and begin to call out unto the Lord and he will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You might say, how will I know? You'll begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. It's a language you've never learned, but I guarantee you when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll know you're filled with the Holy Ghost because there's nothing like it. Hallelujah. Let your home be a place of divine visitation, divine activity. You can receive the Holy Ghost if you desire it, if you're ready to turn your life back to God, if you've been on the run from God, it's time to turn back to God. If you've been on the run and made wrong choices and you feel like now I cannot be used, I've gone too far, I've done too much, let me tell you, listen to what I'm about to say. You may have made many wrong choices, but the next choice you make better be the choice that says you know what God's able to forgive and not only is he able to forgive he's a God who's ready to restore if you feel like you can never be used again Remember, listen, if he didn't let Jacob go, if he didn't let Jacob go from his destiny, he's not going to let you go. He's the author and finisher of your faith. Listen, the work that he begun, if you'll repent and turn back to God, listen, that work will be fulfilled. Let me tell you, God can restore. Let me tell you that my God won't let you go. He wants you to be saved more than you understand. It's the power of our God. In John chapter 5, the Bible tells us that the people were waiting for that supernatural activity. They were waiting for the moving of the water. It's a place called Bethesda. It's a place of five porches. And then that place, the multitudes came, all of those who were sick. They waited for the moving of the water. The angel would come and trouble the water. Those who waited, they didn't just sit around and, and, and talk to one another and, and forgot why they were there. Because they were sick, because they were in that condition, when they waited on those porches, they looked toward that water. And they didn't just look toward that water in any old kind of way. They looked with expectancy. They waited for the moving, the stirring of that water. They didn't casually just glance at that water. I believe they watched that water with anticipation that today's going to be the day. Today's going to be the day of the stirring of that water. There was nothing else more important than that water being stirred. And I believe with what we're seeing in our world right here, right now, that God is stirring, that God is moving, that God is at work, and he's trying to get the attention not only of the church, but he's trying to get the attention of every man, every woman that would awaken to the hour in which we are living in. There's nothing more important than recognizing the troubling of the water. There's nothing more important than being awake and being aware. If you're found to be distracted or not engaged, you're going to miss this opportunity to be made whole. Everyone that will position on those porches, they positioned themselves as best they could to enable them to be the first ones in. That man that had that infirmity 38 years, John didn't know his name. He said he's just a certain man, unknown to John, unknown to readers throughout the years. But listen, he's known to God. 
He has a position as well like everybody else, but he's at a disadvantage. He doesn't have any help to get him into the pool. The man has physical limitations. He can't get in the pool fast enough, but he's looking at something. He's looking at something in the natural. He's looking at that water And when that water becomes stirred or moved, look, when you look at the natural, you've got to add another element to that. Don't just look at the trouble that's coming upon the world. Don't just look upon this epidemic and and say that this is it. If the Lord tarries, there are going to be many more things that come upon the face of the earth. It may have different names and, and may have different types of identification, but it doesn't matter. When you look at the natural, I want you to add another element to the natural and say, you know what? I may see a job that I just got my pink slip. I may see the doctor's report that says I've got this this virus as well. You may see a report that says, you know what, Uh, we're not going to rehire you again. You may see the bills coming in the mail, but if I can get you to look at the natural, but also go ahead and say, you know what, I see what has come my way, but I'm going to add another element to it. I'm going to say, my God's going to show up. My God's going to make a way. My God's going to come through for me. Many tonight are looking at all that's coming upon this earth, and they're wondering how they're going to make it. You could just add that next element to it and say, you know what? It doesn't matter what comes upon the face of the earth. My eyes are going to look up. I'm going to look to where my help comes from. Listen, you may not know how you're going to make it, but look at it with expectancy that heaven is going to show up. You are not forsaken. God hasn't left you. God hasn't forsaken you or your family. Understand that God is drawing you in the midst of a troubled world, in the midst of a confused world. The enemy is doing everything he can do to take this fear and hold you captive. Hear this preacher tonight. Hear this preacher. Awaken to the hour. Awaken to what God wants to do in your life. You've got a destiny You've got an anointing upon your life that God placed upon it. Yeah, you've been wasting your life for years running away from God. But now tonight, tonight's the night. Now I could see with expectancy that God is going to make a way. Jesus said that men's heart will fail them for fear, for looking after those things which would come upon the earth. He said the powers of heaven shall be shaken and they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But look what our Jesus said. He said when these things begin to come to pass, when you see all of Luke 21 and you see those things come to pass, Jesus said you're going to see a lot in the natural. But when you add that other element to it to look up look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draweth nigh that's where your victory is going to come from don't be captive by the fear but get the victory through our lord jesus christ if you look at john the bible tells us of this man that all of the others were waiting for the moving of that water And this may not get you excited, but when I read this simple verse, I get very excited because the Bible says that when Jesus saw him lie, 
and knew that he had been a long time in that case. Nobody else cared about him. Nobody else, even John, didn't understand, didn't even write his name. He's just another sick person in the crowd. Unknown to everyone, but known to God. Jesus had his eyes upon him. And I believe that Jesus has his eyes upon each and every one of you. In your homes, on the job, where you're listening right now, his eyes are upon you. He knows the hurt. He knows the pain. He knows the rejection. He knows what you've dealt with in the past. He knows those wounds that came even from those who call themselves Christians. Understand, listen, God knows your pain. And it should be comforting that he knows exactly the condition that you are in. But he draws close to where you are. And as I close this message tonight, Jesus knows your current condition. And let this speak joy into your heart. That even though your current condition is something that you're not proud of, something that you're not pleased with, your current condition, it doesn't disqualify you. If anything, your current condition has drawn Jesus to where you are tonight. He loves you. He didn't die for you that you would live in your present condition if you have not been born again of the water and of the Spirit. He didn't die to leave you in need of a Savior, but he was that Savior that you needed to have your life transformed, to have that new life that he promised. Behold, all things can become new. It's the hour of a divine visitation Jesus is stirring. Jesus is shaking. Jesus is trying to awaken hearts to the word of this hour. The man told Jesus in John 5 and 7, he said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. <laughs> I used to always look at this verse until the Lord opened my understanding. And he used to always say, you know what? He's just coming up with another excuse of why he can't get into the water. But when I read that next phrase, when the man said, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. You know what it tells me? It tells me that he knew he wouldn't be the first one in. He knew he didn't have a chance to get in before everybody else. But no matter how impossible the odds he said, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to try again when that water is moved, when the angel stirs that water, when heaven touches the natural and begins to stir. Even though I'm at a disadvantage, I'm going to get up and I'm going to try again. So if you're listening, if you're watching, get up and try again. And Jesus tells that man, rise and take up your bed and walk. 
And immediately he was made whole, took up his bed and walked. There's a stirring going on right now. Jesus has visited you. He's been awakening you in the night. He's been trying to awaken you. He's coming soon. He says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. It's high time to awaken out of sleep. It's now the hour to make a decision. It says, Lord, I recognize that you're trying to wake me up and that you're trying to restore and that you're trying to do a great work in my life. Would you close your eyes where, where you are right now? And I just want to pray that there was something in this message, something in this word. I, I, can't, I have no wisdom of my own that would stir your heart. I, I have no illustration that could stir your heart or mine. All I've got is the word of God. And I pray that there was something from this word that has tugged at your heart that says, you know what? I see it now. I see what's going on. I want to repent, and I turn my life over to you right now, Lord. I turn from sin. I turn my life over to you, Lord. I pray that you would minister to your people. I pray, Lord God, that a new touch of the Holy Ghost would be upon them. I pray that you would help them to see what you're doing in this hour and the opportunity that you have given us to reach this world. God, you've prepared us for this hour. We have what we need already to do great things in this hour, even in the midst of chaos. You've given us the victory and the power to have revival. Jesus, I pray your touch, your anointing, and your blessings upon all who will listen and all that will hear. And the next time they see something in the natural that tries to bring up fear and doubt in their heart, that they'll add you into that view and say, Jesus, I'm expecting you to show up where I am. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for the work that you're doing in this hour. Thank you, Jesus, for moving upon men and women. Thank you for this opportunity. The door hasn't closed yet, Lord. There's an opportunity, and we will seek you for it in Jesus' name. I pray the blessings of the Lord will be upon you. I remind you that tomorrow night, Brother Josh Herring is going to be with us at 7 p.m. in our online revival. We're going to just continue to declare the word of God. In the midst of a world filled with fear, the only thing we need in this hour is the truth of God's word. And what I have preached tonight, I believe, is God's word for this hour. And I pray God's blessings upon you. If you need to be baptized, if you desire to be baptized, we'll baptize you in the name of Jesus. Simply contact the church. We'll be happy to baptize you in Jesus' name. We pray God's blessings upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.